Welcome. Thanks for tuning into the show. I'm your host, Mark Hogesang. I started my heavy hitter sports podcast about a year ago. My motivation was simple. I wanted to speak with fascinating folks in the world of sports, whether they be athletes or business leaders, and then share the compelling stories of these game changers to hopefully educate, entertain, and inspire you, the listener. I try to avoid talking about controversial topics like sex, religion, and politics. My intent is to be upbeat and positive. That's still the plan going forward. But today, I'm going to take a detour down a rougher road and use more charged language than usual. Here's my question for you. Is there something that's recently happened in the sports world that really ticks you off? There's got to be something. What's the one thing that most upsets you in sports right now? Well, today, I'm going to share my top 10 sports grievances. These are the things that truly anger me, and each of these transgressions has happened in the last month. To help the medicine go down smoother, though, I'm going to introduce these sports ills with music clips from one of my favorite all-time bands, ACDC. And yes, ACDC is still alive and kicking. In fact, their latest album is actually up for a Grammy this year. I'll be sharing my top 10 rants from least offensive to most egregious. I'm hoping that my son Chris is right. He helps me with my podcast, and when I asked Chris if a show filled with gripes was fair game, he said, Dad, you've earned the right to rant. It's been a year. So thanks for listening and letting me get this off my chest. I'm going to introduce my first gripe with the title track from Bon Scott's Highway to Hell album. When did the sports world become exclusively focused on gambling? Sorry, I don't need to see various betting lines at the bottom of the ESPN screen during virtually every show. How many DraftKings and FanDuel ads must we endure? And now Michigan State has signed a multi-year deal with Caesars Entertainment to make Caesars Sportbook the official sports betting partner of the Spartans. In fact, four other Power 5 schools now also have sports betting partners most notably LSU and Colorado. Plus, earlier this month, the Washington Nationals became the first Major League Baseball team to open a sports book in their own stadium. Capital One Arena, home to the Washington Wizards and Capitals, also has an on-site sports book. Our nation's capital making unwise financial decisions? Now that's a surprise. The gambling floodgates opened up in 2018 when the Supreme Court struck down the law prohibiting sports betting. 30 states now allow sports gambling, and my hunch is that all 50 will very soon. If people want to gamble, so be it. But let's not make it so darn easy for them and so annoying for the rest of us that have no interest. Crime number nine is backed by a tune from the same Highway to Hell album. I 
I spent my last five years at Nike working in the global football category, so I muted my thoughts regarding the game's governing body, FIFA. No longer. FIFA is an utterly corrupt and despicable organization. After a six-month investigation, the trial of FIFA officials Seb Blattner and Michelle Platini is about to commence. The two cronies face fraud charges regarding a $2 million payout and up to five years in jail if convicted. In 2015, 50 other FIFA-related defendants in 20 different countries were also criminally charged by the U.S. Department of Justice. In August of 2021, the department also began redirecting more than $200 million in bribes and kickbacks to the parties that were negatively impacted by the scandal. More recently, the UK newspaper, the Sunday Times, reported that more than $800 million was offered by Qatar as an enticement to host the 2022 World Cup. This occurred only three weeks before the final decision was to be made. $400 million was to come from the state-run news network Al Jazeera for broadcasting rights with the remaining funds coming from the Qatar government itself. The U.S. Department of Justice also contends that direct bribes were paid to FIFA officials to switch 13 key votes in favor of Qatar. Here are the facts. Qatar has no football heritage, none whatsoever. Their men's national team ranks 52nd in the world, admittedly better than their average ranking of 81. A women's national team was finally instituted in 2013, but it currently ranks 139th in the world. Given the extreme summer temperatures in the Middle East, FIFA even moved the World Cup timing to November and December for the first time to accommodate giving the event to Qatar. What's even more tragic is that 6,500 migrant workers have died in the building of the eight new football stadiums in Qatar, according to the UK Daily Mail newspaper. How's that even possible in modern times? That's twice as many people who perished in 9-11. So I'm pleased that FIFA's recent proposal to hold the World Cup every two years rather than four has been greeted with disapproval from all quarters. Fans, coaches, players, and even UEFA. Yes, the World Cup is universally loved. But a two-year cadence would cheapen the event, we love pizza, but not every night of the week. And the reality is, FIFA simply wants to increase the frequency of World Cup play in order to garner their tainted money at a quicker pace. On to another heinous sports organization. Here's the title track from the band's second album. Let's be honest, the NFL has done very little to curb serious head injuries, and they've provided minimal compensation to players facing CTE. As most of you know, CTE is a progressive brain condition that's thought to be caused by repeated blows to the head and repeated concussions. And the man who's refrained from tackling the situation head-on for years is Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner. In 2014, the NFL lost a lawsuit followed by 4,500 former players and was forced to pay damages of $765 million after it was determined that the league had intentionally withheld valuable concussion-related information. Any of 18,000 retired NFL players are eligible now to receive compensation if they develop Alzheimer's 
or if postmortem results indicate CTE. In 2017, the NFL then pledged $100 million to fund concussion research and effects of brain injuries. This may sound like big money, but Goodell makes $64 million annually. $64 million! The Dallas Cowboys alone are worth $6.5 billion, and collectively the NFL media deals are worth $113 billion. Now, I love football, but it has become a vicious gladiator sport. In 2015, a neuropathologist examined the brains of 111 deceased NFL players, and all but one had CTE. The NFL commissioner and team owners clearly need to do more to mitigate the physical and mental risks of the game. Right now, sadly, their dirty deeds are done dirt cheap. And number seven is one of my absolute favorite rock anthems. Thunderstruck means extremely surprised or shocked. Unfortunately, the words and actions of certain athletes and coaches leave me just so. Aaron Rodgers? Enough said. Super Bowl winning quarterback Matt Stafford literally turned his back to a female photographer who fell off a platform while shooting Matt. He then whispered, take care of it, to his wife Kelly. Really? And last week, Michigan basketball coach Jawan Howard landed a punch to the head of a Wisconsin assistant coach all because Jawan was upset about Wisconsin taking a timeout to reset their offense at the end of a game that the Wolverines lost. Come on, Jawan, you're better than that. Next up at number six is one of ACDC's best-known songs, TNT, which features a reference to public enemy number one. In my mind, public enemy number one is the late Robert Anderson, the University of Michigan sports doctor. In January, Michigan paid $490 million to compensate the 1,000 students who claimed that Anderson sexually assaulted them over his four-decade career in Ann Arbor. The accusers included the son of Bo Schembechler, the Michigan football coach, who led his Wolverines to 10 Rose Bowl appearances in his 21-year career from 69 to 89. Bo's son, Matt, told his father he was molested by Anderson during a physical exam at the age of 10. But according to Matt, his dad ignored the complaint and allowed Anderson to keep his job with the team. Schembechler, like Joe Paterno at Penn State, tolerated the vile acts of a program partner in crime in order to chalk up some needed wins. May these two disgusting humans be handcuffed together in hell. In 2018, as a precursor to this tragedy, Michigan State paid out $510 million to over 300 women and girls who were sexually assaulted by Larry Nasser, a university sports doctor and USA Gymnastics team physician. Rightfully so, the Spartan president, Luana Simon, was ousted, and Nasser was sentenced to 60 to 175 years behind bars on charges of child pornography and sexual assault. At number five.
In late January, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens yet again fell short of the Baseball Writers Association votes needed for induction into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Bonds is arguably the greatest all-around player of the modern era. Yes, I admit to being a biased San Francisco Giants fan and Bonds believer, but Barry is the only player in Major League Baseball history to hit over 500 homers and steal over 500 bases. Bonds won seven National League MVP awards, was a 14-time All-Star, and set the all-time homer record with 762 dingers and a single-season mark with 73. Clemens was an 11-time All-Star, won seven Cy Young awards, and finished with 354 victories. Clemens also ranks number three on the all-time strikeout list behind only Nolan Ryan and Randy Johnson. Objectively, Barry and Roger are two of the top 20 players in baseball history. Their Hall of Fame exclusion can only be explained by their use of steroids and the fact that the press never appreciated their prickly natures. Both Bonds and Clemens detested the press. In the 1990s, the Owners and Players Union both blindly looked the other way when it came to steroid use in the game. The home run fireworks, compliments of Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and Bonds reignited fan interest in the game. Remember the 1999 Nike TV ad, Chicks Dig the Long Ball, featuring Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox, and Heather Locklear? Sadly and ironically, this month, Major League Baseball stopped steroid testing players for the first time in 20 years, given the expiration of the game's drug agreement. This decision came only a week after Barry and Roger fell short of the votes needed for induction. The Hall of Fame fate of Bonds and Clemens now rests in the hands of the Major League Baseball Veterans Committee, which meets again in December. At that time, the 16-member committee clearly needs to give these dogs a bone and induct them into Cooperstown. The Hall should house the best players in history, pure and simple. We don't need baseball writers to be the arbiters of morality or beauty contest judges. In theory, paying college athletes for their name, image, and likeness makes sense to most. And while I agree that the recent NIL is honorable in principle, its execution will likely be a madhouse until some measure of regulation is implemented by the NC2A or Congress. Without instituting firm guardrails, the potential for college booster club abuse is too great and will negatively affect college football and basketball in particular. Perennial college powerhouses, backed by deep-pocket supporters, will likely make playing fields and hardwoods uneven, and the beneficiaries will be only a handful of game-changing athletes. Early examples of this include three notable quarterbacks, Alabama's Bryce Young, Quinn Evers of Texas, and USC's Caleb Williams. Each of these guys will make more than a million dollars a year via their multiple NIL deals. Money also factors into the equation at number three. One of my long-standing peeves has been the financial inequity between the USA national soccer teams. The U.S. women, who have won four World Cups, have been woefully underpaid for years, while the men have been royally compensated despite their consistently underwhelming performances. After six years, the U.S. women won a major settlement 
with the U.S. Soccer Federation last week. Players will now split $24 million. Sadly, though, this is only a third of the damages that the women were seeking. But kudos to new Federation president and former player Sidney Parlo Cohn for at least acknowledging the financial wrongdoing, unlike her predecessors, Carlos Cordero and Sunil Gulati. Keep fighting the good fight. My anger's building at number two. After the Miami Dolphins fired their coach, Brian Flores, in January, that left only a single black head coach in the NFL, the Steelers' Mike Tomlin. That's certainly not right, since blacks represent 70% of all NFL players. Flores contends that race did play a role in his firing, and in turn he's filed a racial discrimination lawsuit against the NFL. The Rooney Rule that requires that two external minority candidates be interviewed for head coaching vacancies is well-intentioned but it's proven to be inadequate to ensure equity. This problem isn't easy to solve or would have been done so already. It may take an influx of black owners to shake up the game for the better. And while Commissioner Goodell has paid lip service to hiring more black coaches, he's offered no concrete solutions per usual, but something definitely has to change in the NFL and fast. Finally, my number one sports grievance. The International Olympic Committee's consistent habit of lining their pockets with funds from the highest being site bids is reprehensible. Their latest act of malfeasance was granting the Winter Olympic Games to Beijing. China has imprisoned, tortured, and abused as many as 1.5 million Uyghurs in re-education camps because of their Muslim faith. That's a known fact. The CCP has crushed freedom in Hong Kong and consistently threatens taking over Taiwan. How the IOC looked past such China's human rights abuses is absolutely beyond me. For China, the recent winter and 2008 Summer Olympic visibility is a glorious propaganda tool, well worth the outrageous financial cost. Thankfully, viewers pushed back in February as television viewership was down 42% from 2018. I would advocate that the Games be hosted in the same winter and summer site to lessen the cost on host cities and to limit the potential of IOC graft. How about either Paris, Athens, or L.A. for the Summer Olympics, and Munich, Turin, or Vancouver for the Winter Games? And it's clearly time to bar Russian athletes from the immediate Olympic future, given the rampant use of performance-enhancing drugs, and now Putin's deadly and unjust assault on Ukraine. This ROC, Russian Olympic Committee BS, which bars the Russian country, but not its athletes from competing, has always been ridiculous major changes within the IOC must occur soon. Call me a dreamer. As I was pondering what grievances to share, I thought of this line from Frank Herbert's science fiction classic, Dune. What do you despise? 
by this you are truly known. While despise is a strong word, I've always been angered by the abuse of power by ill-intentioned and or corrupt organizations. So it's no surprise that I highlighted the transgressions of the IOC, NCAA, NFL, and FIFA. Each of these governing bodies needs a thorough house cleaning and overhaul. In a perfect world, politics wouldn't enter into the sports arena, but it consistently does. While in normal times, I'm generally not a fan of protests or boycotts, I do applaud the Formula One decision to cancel the Russian Grand Prix and UEFA's call to move the Eurochamps final match from St. Petersburg to Paris. Given Putin's heinous attack on Ukraine, these actions are absolutely essential. Thankfully, FIFA and UEFA also suspended the Russian Soccer Federation from competition, thus making them ineligible for the 2022 World Cup. So now the Russian people can curse their despicable leader and drown their sorrows with their homegrown vodka that the rest of the world now refuses to drink. Closer to home, I also believe that the Russians should not be allowed to compete in the World Track and Field Championships in Eugene this summer. You get my point. The Russians should be excluded from all international competition until Putin retreats from Ukraine. Sports does matter in good and in bad times, and the world can't tolerate a vicious autocrat invading sovereign lands and killing innocent people. God bless the brave Ukrainian people. Again, thanks for letting me share my thoughts on how sports can become even better. On March 8th, Women's International Day, I'll return to a more measured and apolitical show. I'll be talking with Brandy Heather, who's an educator, consultant, author, and advocate. Her unique focus involves unlocking the power of play to improve inclusion, performance, happiness, and better physical and mental health. Clearly, the world needs an extra dose of fun right now. For now, I'll leave you with one final ACDC classic. 